Welcome to Board Chili Podcast. I'm Vera. 100 Hot Ones is the first series of Board Chili Podcast. We'll have 100 apes from all over the world share the ape stories, talking about the projects and fund, or give unique perspectives on working the Web3. In this episode, we have an amazing lady coming to the show talking about her story. Laura is a co-founder and host of Miami 8, also one of the seven BYC community council. Glad to have you here, Laura. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here today. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for coming. I actually met Laura because of Laura's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Who is not into NFTs. Yeah, I think your brother took a picture of the cafe at the airport, and I think it sent it to Laura, and Laura posted a tweet asking whose ape is it, and I jumped on. I was like, that was my ape, and I took, I don't know, like three minutes or pretty short time. It was hilarious because I was like, I don't know whose ape it is, but I'm sure I could find it. And then within three minutes, I was like, brother, look, I already have it. I was like, I know who it is. Like, how the heck do you do this so fast? I'm like, I didn't do anything. I just posted a picture. And someone said, hey, how do you not know who she is? It's Vera the ape. And then, and then from that point on, that's when we got connected. Yeah, yeah. It was a while ago, right? I think it was last year. Sometime last year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a really fun story that how I get to know Laura and Laura has been growing so much in the space and such an amazing woman and a female ape that inspire a lot of women as well. We all know that Laura is an amazing host and a community builder. So what did you do before this? So my background is... It's very interesting. And I always say that this is to show that it doesn't matter. I guess your career path is not necessarily something that could hold you back to be part of the conversation within the Web3 space. My background is in social work. I have a master's in um, social work and I have been focusing on mental health for the last 11 years or so. But parallel to that, I always worked within the music industry. So I would do the award shows. I did a tour around the US and Canada, and it was always like my fun jobs. So I I was doing the event planning and a lot of things that I guess society tells you sometimes, hey, no, pick one. You're a social worker, right? Stay in your lane. And then I'm like, no, but I'm also an event planner. And I also like to work with, with musicians and that's some of the passions that kind of led me into loving the space or finding my own space. I don't think that's the reason why I joined, but that's something that like helped me stay within the space that I could really be so many things at once and really enjoy it. Wow. I did not know that you used to do event planning and community stuff and also in the music as well. That's amazing. This is creating a fundamental base for you to get into the space. And how did you get into the apes? So with the Apes, it was actually my boyfriend at the time, and now he is my business partner. But when we first started, he was obsessed with NFTs, and I was just like a bystander, just looking at him. I'm like, come on. I'm like, can you get off your computer? What is happening? And little by little, it was more like, okay, you know what? Like, whatever you're doing, it has your attention. Teach me. He's like, oh, you're doing this to bond with me. And I'm like, yes, I am. You're welcome. I'm a great girlfriend. (laughs) And little did I know is that when I actually gave more thought into what NFTs were, the power of the blockchain, that it would change everything for me as well. I was investing in crypto from beforehand, so I knew um, cryptocurrencies and I was investing. However, I didn't understand the power of the movement that you could create while you have this community and the fun that NFTs added to the conversation, because that's what kind of rallied the people together. And once we saw the apes, it was after midday and we just seen them going up and up. And finally, we were both like, you know what? Either we're going to do this or we're not going to do it. And we got our first ape. Then later on, we actually flipped that ape a few times until I got to like the Miami ape with the clean look. And later he got one for his own brand. But it was just really exciting. And it was a lot of, I guess, like commitment to say, hey, you know what? Look at what community is doing taking this and running with it, right? Like we really saw that opportunity. And originally 
we thought that, oh, this is something that we could brand. If you see the Miami Ape, it's very clean. It's the 9300. And I was like, oh, maybe we could make some merch or we could make some things and really use the IP. And later down the line, we'd realize that, oh my God, there's so much more that we could do that is, yes, with the IP, but also within the space as a whole. Yeah, that's amazing to hear. So you didn't mint it and you know it the whole time? No. I was like, we didn't mint it. And then, yeah, I held it the whole time (laughs) as I grew like the platform in the space. And I'm very private. So I never had a social media that was like public. So Mm -hmm. the whole idea of you don't have to dox yourself was really cool. And then also I thought, oh, I'm just interacting with a few people. And then those few people started growing. And then I'm like, for what do people want followers for? This is so foreign to me. And so I don't know for what. But the more that we understood, like, the message of the space was the more that I realized, like, oh, how important is it to build a community? This is not you're building just, like, a bunch of random bots (laughs) or a bunch of followers that don't matter. It's, like, I'm building personal relationships and I'm learning along the way. So, yeah, so I helped the ape and then I had some pretty crazy offers through the journey of growing this platform. A lot of people were to reach out. Can you sell it? I identify where you're ape and I'm like, sorry, no, (laughs) it's not for sale. Yeah, your your ape is amazing because I know your ape look very alike Guy O series ape, right? That face look has been really popular. I think fonts are similar. It's very clean and it has like sunglasses, so it's very Miami. It has a little like aftershave look and like a rib shirt. So definitely like a very Miami look. So it was perfect that the handle was available. When we when we picked that name and then I was in the computer, like switching my handle. And then my boyfriend was in another computer, like getting the ENS. And I was like, okay, I'm going to click it. I'm, I'm switching my name to the Miami Ape. Are we ready for this? And both of them were actually available. So that, that was hilarious. And now I have a brand around it and everything else. Wow. I love this ape. It's very clean look. And it's just like whenever I see that ape, I see you. Yeah. And I, I have a similar story because the IP part was really the reason why I got in. But then the community part was totally out of my expectation. Thank you for sharing. And do you mind to share how did you start the Miami Ape and what's a go for it? Yeah, no problem. So the Miami Ape started almost organically with me learning more about like the power of the community, really meeting everyone within the Board Yacht Club and also finding almost like a need for different voices, right? I wanted to be part of the conversation and it was really tough at the beginning to almost have a seat at the table and you know what i'm like if you don't like something like i'm not gonna sit here and complain like oh they don't let me speak in a twitter space or they don't let me speak in clubhouse and it's more what can i do and what's in my hands so i started just very scared i'm like i'm gonna open my own twitter spaces i'm gonna start <laughs> opening up conversations and little by little i saw that something that i almost took for granted here in miami is like that i'm bilingual in english and spanish and that i didn't see a lot of rooms being open in Spanish. And I was like, and there's so much desire or want or need for people to be educated within the Latin community. And that's how I got started within the Twitter space. And that sort of snowball into me hosting these conversations, not only opening it up, educational formats, but also doing interviews with people that were really interested in the space that we're building. And having access, I really believe that being early, I had a lot of connections that either now are the founders of many different like protocols or really cool things that at the beginning they were just joining the space and like coming up with ideas and brainstorming. And I got to share that with with my community. And I would do a lot of spaces in English and Spanish and whatnot. So little by little, it started to turn into, hey, you know what? Like this is a company. What started just as this is so fun and it's taking a few hours. It's like, this is requiring a lot of my time and there is something greater. And I think that's the social worker in me that saw the opportunity to say, hey, we could empower so many underrepresented communities that I have access to and we could really uplift them. So the Miami Ape gets put together with the sense of the media aspect of it, then also the advising aspect from like being in the space for so long and wanting to work with brands that want to do this. We do believe that many brands want to come into the Web3 space and it's not because they don't care to do it properly. I just don't think they have people that have the knowledge and almost like the sentiment of the people. And hey, what do they want? Or how can we really make this long lasting? So that's how almost like the three hats that we're playing at this moment. It's like social impact, the media side of it, and then also the advising side where 
we could really move the needle, make an impact. So that's how I started. And now I work with several different brands. I'm doing like IRL events. I opened the community Latinos in Web3 and we have like over 2,500 people. And it just, one thing has led to another. But ultimately, I think the goal of the company has always been to create not only a greater social impact through the blockchain, but also utilize whatever connections or opportunities I have to realize that they're not for me. There's so many opportunities you could have for your own, but there is so much power into having an audience and friends and community that you could shared that with. Wow. So here we are. <laughs> wow. I really admire that your passion to educate and empower underrepresented groups in Web3. And I'm with you, right? As a Chinese speaking and female community builder, like we're not the majority trying to be the bridge as well, not just for Chinese speaking communities, also for female as well. So what do you think some of the issues that we're facing and how can the Web3 help us? I think that the example that you're giving is it's perfect, right? Like when I say that I'm building a lot within the Latin America and having that representation for like Spanish speakers, what I don't want it to be at any point is that, oh, now I'm not doing spaces in English or now I'm not focusing on the English speaking community or now like it's the complete opposite, right? What I'm trying to do is merge the two together and bring those opportunities, right? To say, hey, you have a community of Chinese speaking. That doesn't mean that they're not talented. It just means that maybe they don't speak English very well, but maybe you have a someone that you're like, hey, Laura, this person could be a great asset to your team. And that's the person that we need to hire. It is not to close off ourselves into, oh, we're women. And now this is what we're going to do. So it's more about, I think one of the biggest issues that to go back to your question is that we don't want to be segregated <laughs> into different groups because society always tells us, okay, you're a woman, you're an immigrant, you're this, you're that. And it's, yes, I could be all that. And yet I could be doing amazing things. And yet I could have this diversity pool of people because they're the best. I'm not doing it to check off a market. I think it became popular to speak about diversity at some point and companies wanted to almost like check. Okay, perfect. I have someone that looks brown. I have someone that's or oh, from Latino background. I have someone that's Asian. Okay, good. We're good. And then everyone else in the company looks copy paste. So to me, things that we could resolve now, it's going to be more about the opportunities. The opportunities in Web3 are no different than other opportunities. What I think is that because we're getting started and it's earlier, I think the power of at least providing people the tools, you could provide the tools to 100 people and maybe you only have eight that are interested, but at least they had a fair shot at learning about this at an early point. It's not about, oh my God, I didn't have access to a computer. Computers were too expensive. And when the internet.com came around, we didn't even have computers to so where are you gonna go? There wasn't a library close by that I was gonna get to a computer. Now people have smartphones. So I think it's like that access to the technology and to the knowledge. And you could still have a choice to say, hey, you know what? I want nothing to do with Web3. This is not for me. But the opportunities are there. So I think sharing that opportunities and amplifying the voices that are not just thinking about how do I monetize this for myself? I'm all about making money. You could make a lot of money. I'm happy for you. But don't do it without thinking of others. I'm really admire that great heart that you're having. And I'm totally with you. We're building this platform for creating opportunities for other people more than just making money, more than just finding a career. Yes, it's coming along with it. For us to learn it, it's like a different perspective. We're learning like this Web3 world with a different perspective that with people having different education background. I feel like someone has to do that as a bridge across the different cultures. So yeah, I'm really glad that you're doing it and that you're here with Thank me. You. And I know that you do, I think also the mutual admiration that we get to have in this space where like you could see someone that's doing something similar, like what you're doing with your community as well and admire it and not feel intimidated. I think for many, many, I don't know, for a long time, we have been told you have to be the best and by being the best, you cannot collaborate. Or if someone's doing something similar, then it's that's your competition. Like you have to crush them. And what you realize is, hey, you know what? Why can I admire you and say, hey, what are you doing right? And what tools can you share with me? And maybe I could share something else. Maybe I could share some insight for something that I've grown. So I think that our Web2 experiences are not to be dismissed. They are very valuable and we could apply it in so many different areas within this new space. But it's also important that we almost like leave that fear of Web2 that, oh, there's only one role in this company that I could have, right? Now we're creating our own roles. Now we're creating this whole new, almost like global economy, at least that's what we hope for, 
where, hey, we get to say, hey, we could collaborate. Yeah, she's great. And I'm happy that she's great. And I'm going to support her. And I'm going to support more women that are killing it in this space. And I'm not going to let this imposter syndrome to say like, oh no, if she's doing this, then I can't be it. And we all come from so many different backgrounds. And there are an infinite number of people that I could think of at the top of my head right now that are coming from a completely different place and are still making a name for themselves within the space and doing so like ethically. And I feel like following like their moral compass into what's right and what's wrong. And how do you want to grow a name long lasting within this space? To me, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Like being sustainable and also be able to grow and bring the next billing into the space. I really appreciate that. We're actually doing very similar things, being a cultural bridge, bring the people together. But I think on the other hand, all we're doing is trying to bring the next billion people to get into this space. And that's not, we're not competitors. It's actually like we're working on one goal together. And like what you said, I totally agree, like Web3 or crypto is still very English dominated mm -hmm. space that is very like difficult for non-English speakers to learn and stay current with the market and also with the technology as well. There are content creators, influencers out there who are trying to help to build this bridge gap, like to help each other. So really glad that you shared this with me. And do you have any other advice that you want to give for people trying to start in the Web3? I think that to go back and to like tap into what you really like and start from there, that doesn't mean that you're going to find just this ideal job and it's not going to be work and it's just going to be rainbows and butterflies. That's not what I'm saying, please. But I really think to go back into what am I good at? What do I like? What do I enjoy? And what can I plan on doing for the next five years and feel not only proud, but happy to continue to build? And I think that's going to start guiding you almost like in the best direction into like, where should I spend my time in this space? What am I going to really be building that I get to do this for a while? And now that I'm going to be here for five minutes and get tired because I was trying to emulate someone that I admire. I think we get to admire many people and you could pick up things and you could see, hey, what is someone that I admire is doing better? But if you... If you don't stay true to your values or into what is it that you like, I just think it's going to be like the home route to go. So yeah, so tap into that. And then afterwards, you just have to truly want to learn. I think that this is a space where even though I could show you a little bit about what Web3 is about, and I could give you like an explanation of what NFTs are and the benefits or what the technology could possibly look like in a few years, if you don't take that and say, hey, now I'm interested in learning more and want to keep up to date and I don't read the articles and I don't go and look up for the people that are doing content or read the news or whatever it might be, then there's so much that you know, that an educator could do for you. So take like, that ownership into saying if this is something that I want to do, it's going to require a little bit of effort into continuing to stay up to date and then find ways to to implement that. I think that it's really important what you said earlier when you mentioned, oh, it's going to be the next creators. So perhaps all I'm doing is, hey, I'm starting this conversation. I'm putting like this little seed and it's going to be up to you to see what you create. And I'm pretty sure that many people that we end up onboarding into this space or that maybe listen to the podcast or that listen to a Twitter space or see a tweet could be that little seed that we're planting into learn more about it. And maybe they're going to build something that is going to be so freaking incredible. And we have no idea we're making that impact. And I'm sure you get DMs about situations that it's like, what? You inspire me to do this or you inspire me to do that. And I'm like, what? And I told her, I'm like, dude, I'm like, you made my day. I was like, you just made my day with this. And it's insane that you get to inspire someone just from a social media platform. But you are, it's like the reassurement that you are making an impact. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the impact that you did not expect, like that could happen that way. Because there are people like telling me that they bought an A because they came to the event. I don't even know who brought them to the event. They were the plus one for someone else. So I was like, whoa, I did not know people would pay so much money to because they went to an event. And I was like, that made me feel really worth it. And then feel really inspired and encouraged. 
and making me move forward because like it's a lot of work. It's a job. It's a full time job to do not just planning event and with what you're doing as well. It's gonna be a little bit hard and a little bit time consuming, but like what it brings you is much much more than what you expect. And yeah, I feel like achievement. Yeah, absolutely, and it's little things. I was like, right now they had this like meet up in Miami, but very last minute. Someone messaged me after, and I try to keep tabs of oh, someone else moved to Miami, and they told me about it, and they said, hey, there's a, a meetup, and I was actually traveling. I was in Colombia, so I'm like in Colombia with my family, and like going crazy. I'm like, who else? Who am I missing? And I invited a bunch of people, and then someone after that messaged me, and he said. This gave so much more meaning to me from being part of the club because I had joined for a while. I'm here in Miami, but I've never gone to an IRL event. I went to APES, but I still didn't know anyone that is from Miami, and I didn't know anyone local. And just attending this one event completely changed the meaning of community, and it reassured me into what I want to build in the space and whatnot. And I was just like floored by it. I'm like, what? I was like, fine. I was like, I didn't do anything. And he's like, yeah, but you remember that I was living in Miami, and you remember to include me into that very last minute event, and it did mean a lot. It is to have new friends because of it. I'm attending new things because of it. So it's the little things. That's all I can say. Yeah, maybe small things, but it really means a lot too. You and maybe another person as well. I know exactly what you're talking. This is like so much. Emo- how big is the Miami Ape Club, or how many apes are in Miami? So there's a community in Miami. It's called Magic City Apes because Miami is the magic city. And then we originally had a chat, and it was like 75 people. And then we realized that okay, we continue to have a waiting list. So now we had another chat. So there's another 75. So at this point, I think it's over. Two hundred people, I want to say, but that are truly active. I would say that seventy-five are the most active, and we have done so many different things here in Miami, and it's a lot of fun. And I shared this before someone asked me. They're like, "Oh, how do you feel like being one of the few females like within the Miami, and you go to all these events?" And I was like, "No, now there's a few more of us, and I'm grateful for that, and I'm really happy." And at the very beginning, there might be just like me. Or maybe one more, and it was really intimidating. But the wonderful part is that at this point, now I get to work in into a room, and it's a room full of my friends. It's a room full of people that are looking my way. You got this. If I have a conference and I'm terrified, they're like, "You got this." What is wrong with you? you? You and I'm like that. That believe in me and that are there to to support me. So that to me is has no price because it's empowering. And the days that. I feel, oh, am I doing this right? Should I even be here? I'm like, no, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. I have a whole team of people that that I feel loved by. And obviously, the love is mutual, but that wouldn't have happened without like joining the club and joining this whole journey. Wow, that's literally exactly how I feel. Like times, I feel like ah,、oh, self conscious of like, should I do it? This is a lot、for、of what? <laughs> yeah, for what? Like so much event. Like sometimes put the money. Like I pay for the events. Um, you know. On my credit card, I'm like, oh, I love my deal. Am I going crazy? Am I going crazy? Is my husband going to yell at me? <laughs> oh my god, no, I get it. But you know what? I was like, now it's a community of like friendships. It's mentors. I was like, I have so many people that have been that have played this mentor roles, and then I get to be a mentor for someone else. So. It's almost like how the heck in our adult lives do you get this right? Like our social circles just become smaller and smaller. You're not in high school anymore. You're not in college. If you have a full time job, you go to your job and then you come home and that's it. And you know the people that are in your immediate office and that's it. But how do you expand that network? So I think this is also an opportunity to to have friendships again, to get out of your comfort zone and say, oh my god, what are you building? What? I want to learn about this, and this is where I think like the podcast or interviews part of it is so exciting to me. I was like, I love people and I love getting to know them. So I'm like, what it? I'm like, you're a developer, okay, cool. I'm like, you're an artist, oh no, a photographer, okay, cool. I'm like, well, tell me more. <laughs> I'm like, it's almost selfish. I'm like, I want to learn more. I was like, tell me, tell me what else. You're very curious when you first ask your boyfriend about the apes that you're you're proved very curious about everything. So that's amazing. And that's actually one of the Reason I started the podcast because I know you for a while. I know what you're doing in the space. I never really had this conversation with you one on one, and I feel oh, this is opportunity that I'm creating 
to get to know someone that I'm really interested or curious about. And then later on, I, I wanted to bring it to more audience. I'm pretty sure a lot of apes wanted to know more about you. And they may have the similar questions that I have as well. And it's not related to business. It just get to know someone and to know what they're doing, to know who you are. And I think this is just fascinating for me. I just love it. And as you mentioned that we're also women in the space and we're not the majority. Do you have any advice for women to get into this space as well? I know you mentioned a little bit about just in general, but any specific advice for women? I think honestly, I'm like, I wouldn't say anything specific, but more to, um, to trust your instinct, like many times as women, and this is, would be like a very general statement. I have learned counterparts in the space. They're very much like confident about random things that I'm like, how is this person so confident? And he knows so much less than this other girl that I know that I just had the same conversation and she was doubting herself and she's so more more prepared. So in a very like stereotypical, it's more about we need to be almost like our biggest cheerleaders into we need to know what we bring to the table and be assertive about it. And there are so many women that are stepping into that and being great. But I think the more that we listen to those kind of women, right, the more examples that we have to say, oh, okay, so it's not rude if I say, hey, this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm great at this. It's not arrogant. I think also like in the Latin culture, it's very much like we want to be humble and we want to be approachable and you want to be all these things. So then maybe when you're too assertive, it sounds like, you're mean or it sounds like you are just I don't know just, just being too much right oh my god like there I just think she's the best and is there there are skills that you're gonna have that you might be the best in there are skills that you're like hey in NFTs there's no experts whoever told you hey buy my course because I am the expert they're stealing your money they might know and they might have knowledge and then there's other things that you're gonna be like hey I'm a student too and I'm learning along this journey so I think that there wouldn't be something specific for women besides the sense of even if you think you don't know enough just yet, you probably do know a little bit more. So I encourage you to meet more people to like voice this. Hey, you know what? I feel like sometimes I don't know a lot about this topic, yet I've done all this. And to start fighting back that imposter syndrome. For me, seeing women that I admire accomplish so much and that I see them on like a state, I was like, oh my God, I hate public speaking. And now I'm like getting out of my comfort zone and I'm practicing and going for it. But then I would look at these women that I was like, oh my God, they're doing it so flawless and they're perfect and I admire them. And then I became friends with them and the same women would were to tell me like, hey, Laura, sometimes I'm very doubtful. Sometimes I am prepared. I am a professional. I know what I'm going to talk about. I'm adding value to the conversation. And yet sometimes I have a little random voice saying, you shouldn't be here. This is not for you. And I'm scared too. So almost like knowing that normalizes that well, if they get to be scared, I get to be scared and still go for it. So that would be my only like encouragement. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. There's so many times that we're here doubting ourselves, but looking at the woman that, you know, you admire and then you look at them and maybe talk to them. You talk the insecure part that you have, the questions that you have. They were there before. They may pass it. They were really uncomfortable trying to step out and pretend to be very confident, but they're not. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, I do it all the time. Like so many times they're like, oh, you weren't nervous. I was like, I wasn't what? Great. I was like, perfect. I tried my best. <laughs> I was like, I tried to keep all my nervousness inside and not so much externally. And at the end, I'm like, I survived. So that means next time I get to be a little bit less nervous, maybe not fully, but a little bit less nervous. I think remembering your why, like, why am I doing this? Am I getting on this podium just to, I don't know, take a picture of myself that said, oh, I was a speaker in this event. Or am I doing this because I think it's an important message. And I think that if I were to go to a conference and I see a lot of panels full of men i'm just gonna sit back and say oh my god this conference has no women they didn't invite anyone it's, you're not even willing to what are you complaining about and you're a leader in this space right so i almost like to ask myself that and then i'm like yes i want to speak absolutely yep I'm, I'm gonna go up yes there you go there you go laura <laughs> yeah you need a little bit of encouragement and you need a little bit like <clears throat> if you're very confident step up and just do it right like most and, and, that we could, and I think also the roles that as women we we play in society, it's like 
we still get to do so many things. And like if you're married, if you have kids, if you have another job and yet maybe you're an artist and you want to pursue your art, guess what? You could still keep your job and you could pursue your art. This is not like a, this is the only way to do it. It's like you still get to learn. So for me, it's like the same opportunity that males have, we have it today. So it's just learn about the technology, even if you don't know what this is for, even if you're like, hey, you know what? I'm never going to do anything in the NFT space or in the Web3 but at least you're knowledgeable. So when someone says NFTs are a scam, you're like, eh, there's a little bit more to it. I'm not into it right now because I'm doing other things, but at least I have the knowledge. Yeah, this is like once a life opportunity for people to get into a space that very new. NFT is only a little bit like over one year old, maybe two. I mean, for the main, mainstream. I see you are also trying to bring more job opportunities for the community and Web3 as well. I see you post a lot of tweet Web3 jobs. And that was a very amazing idea. And do you have like any interesting stories to share about it? Anyone really got a job because of that? Yeah, I started this a few months back. I want to say, I don't know if it was already like 10 months ago, but every single Monday on Twitter, I post about jobs. So I have a job board. I'm like, hey, if you're looking for a job, let me know in the comments or if you're hiring someone. What I realized is that through building this community is that many people are building something and they need to hire someone and they don't know where to go. So it's almost like a safer space to say, okay, perfect. If they're commenting on Laura's thing, maybe I could ask her, hey, do you know this person? Are they good at it? And I was shocked because the first time I did it, I just did it. Oh, let's see what happens. I didn't plan this. Oh, this is how I'm going to do it structurally every single Monday. And up to this point, I've had so many people get jobs through it. I was like, I had people that I knew or strangers message me and say, hey, you know what? This is my third, I don't know, freelance of the week because of this post. And I'm like, what? Really? And that, that was at the very beginning. And then later down the line, I had... Jarritos, which is a soda company from Mexico that comment on it. And I was like, what? I was like, I have this like big soda company commenting on my post. And some people answered, hey, yes, I'm interested. And then one of my friends that I've met in this space, she calls me or messaged me and says, hey, you know what? Like I have an interview with them. And it was because of your post. They like my profile. They like what I've been doing. She's obviously super talented. But she said, but we connected because of that post. And now she works with them. I was like, they actually sent me, I don't know if you saw, but like they sent me like this beautiful fridge with like jarritos and like the soda, like super nice. But it's just, it, to me, like this is not like credit for me because it's of course like her own set of skills. But the fact that on my platform, they were able to at least communicate or discover each other besides they didn't have to go like on certain platforms to do like a formal job application. It was more like, hey, they got to connect here. It's incredible. And, and I think that's what I bring it back to. The meaning of having an audience all of a sudden is not this shallow idea of, hey, look at me. And I don't know, <laughs> I woke up like this or whatever. This is more about like you're empowering people's life and it does make an impact. Your consistency, your hard work, and not just on a shallow level it was yeah. important to me. Yeah. And it's not you just trying to bring your visibility. You're actually wanting to bring the visibility for the whole community, for them to be seen, not just, oh, that's so cute. Wow, that's really pretty. I think I saw that picture. Did you post it on Twitter? I did, I did. Yeah, I saw that picture. I yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that's like a small thing for you, like post one tweet, but that changed other people's life, right? What I realized is that if you have any sort of platforms or something that, that is important to you is that use it properly and being mindful and intentional. And it could really make like such a better impact than if you were just here. Like I was like, we could complain all day about things that are wrong, but I always bring it back into, okay, do I want to torture myself and say, these are all the things that are wrong in the world right now. And it's what do I have control over? And if that means that is educating people, if that means providing more opportunities, if it means like bringing up like social costs, saying, hey, you know what, like even if we're donating like $2, that could make a difference. Because if all of us in this room right now, there's a thousand people and we all donate $2, guess what? We just moved a lot of help. But if we all think eh, it's $2, what are we going to do with that? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, like things still get done. So many th times for me, it's the power of, accountability and about what is in our hands to fix and not just giving that responsibility to someone else, right? There's many things that we, we don't like, 
and that we won't be able to change. So let's focus on those that we're able to change and really create that that movement. <laughs> it sounds so serious. <laughs> When I get inspired, I go in this monologue and then I'm, I'm like, I'm speaking from my heart. I'm like, I, I love but, it. I love it. But I think you hear my passion too for like, yes. I believe it. Yes. Yes. I'm like, when you create opportunities for other people, and then opportunity came to you as well. Right. And the opportunity came to you as like host of the official BYC space. And what's the story of that? <laughs> Oh my God, that that was so much fun. And I felt like such an immense responsibility to be able to host them. So of course, now, before, when they asked me, I was like super, I was like, absolutely, I would love to. Yes, sign me up. And then the day of, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to forget my English. Oh my God, what if I pronounce something wrong? What if I say, I was like, I have an accent. So I was like, what if I say one word and I say it wrong? I'm like, I need to get like the names properly. I'm like, okay, this is, a, I'm like, relax, just take a deep breath. I'm like, you got this. And we kick off the conversation and and then Eli wouldn't be able to come up. Like, he, I, we couldn't find him. Like, oh, so I remember that. Into, <gasps> so many people came into the room. Mind you, at this point, I was like, I got this. I've done thousands and thousands of Twitter spacer hours. Like, almost like that, what, what I mentioned earlier about the imposter syndrome. I was like, why am I nervous? I do this all the time. I'm a great host. I got this. I know what I'm doing. I know what we're talking about. There's nothing to be afraid of. I got this. And then when I couldn't find Ela, I was like, oh my God. I was like, what do I do? Do I start? Do I not start? Do I find him? And he's, I'm here. You can't see me. I'm like, I don't see you. I was like, I have at least like within the first two minutes, I think 500 people requested to speak. Wow. I couldn't find him. So I was like scrolling the whole time. <laughs> and because everyone, I don't know if Twitter spaces, but like the people that you are friends with show first. But this is the Bordea Club space. So how many people you have do so you many know? Friends. <laughs> so at that point, it's like everyone that you, the first 3,000 people that you know. So it, that was super interesting. And then once we got like the ball going, I felt really good about it. And I was really happy. And to me, the crazy part is that you have this big brand with so many things happening, right? Like so many positive things. You have also like the negativity in the space yeah. or whatnot that almost said, hey, you know what? I trust you to host this because I was very like, what can I ask and what can I not ask? And of course we knew what points that we were going to cover, but then there were also like, and I was like, okay, but like, you need to tell me, can I ask about, they're like, oh, you could ask about whatever. I'm like, what? Anything? What? Really? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we trust you. Like you, we've seen you in the space and we think you're good. So just go for it. I'm like, yes, wow. we, I got this. So it was a sense of like, how awesome that, that you get to have this $5 billion company put that trust on you. What if I just went there and I'm like, oh, I have my free mint in my, or like, I have a mint in my page. I, I could have been crazy, but like that, <laughs> that somehow my character was translated into the team to the point that like, they're like, no, she's not going to do this. We trust you enough. And then scrolling down and seeing so many PFPs that are my friends, right? Like regular people outside of the NFT world, maybe you're crazy. Those are just a bunch of like, monkey pictures and I'm here like oh my god like this person is here and this person is here and everyone is to need so I feel like this sense of responsibility but also like I said I brought it back into no man these are relationships that you have built these are your friends they're rooting for you too and that was the reality that at the end of the day like a lot of the conversation afterwards for me it was many of my friends saying we were so happy so proud we felt represented by you <laughs> and this is so cool that they shared that opportunity yeah yeah you did a really good job as well and i know it must be really stressful because it's alive even when i do podcasts i'm like oh, i wanted to make sure there's nothing or technical problem happened that could happen and unexpected you get people ask questions and you don't know what kind of question they're going to ask yep and you're kind of representing the yoga as well. Like you want to say, you, you you want to be careful with what you're saying as well. I think one of the main things is some people would say, oh, it was too formal or it was this and it's, it depends. And I was like, I have Twitter spaces where I'm like cracking jokes and I'm laughing and I'm like, and it, we could stay there for two hours and I could, I don't know, ask you about, like, oh, Vera, tell me like a story when you were young and like, that is funny that you remember from your childhood and we could stay there, like, oh, laughing about it. And then I, okay, that's one kind of space, right? Like, if I'm hosting a podcast, if I'm inviting a guest and I'm telling my guest, hey, we're going to be doing this for an hour and an hour only. I want to be respectful of that, right? If now we have for the first time the CEO and we have all the founders for Bordea Club into this conversation, 
that everyone is making the time to be part of it, we need to get through a lot of information. Like we need to get through the plan within a certain amount of time. It's like the CEO was burping the kid. Oh, and I was yeah, so happy. To me, I was like, heck yeah. I'm like, you get to be a CEO and you get to freaking burp your kid because you could just hear like the little, she was oh. like, like the li- and I was like, this is what I'm talking about. And like, she's just as capable of running this amazing company. And she gets to have her family and she doesn't have to pick and choose. And with that is they needed to be respectful into we only have this a lot of time. Like we cannot go past this and we want to hear from the community and we want to hear back. I think sometimes we forget that the work that goes behind not only planning a podcast, but planning like a Twitter space when you're being respectful or of those that you're inviting into a conversation or that you're hosting, right? In this case, I didn't invite them into the conversation, but Hey, we're saying, hey, all of you need to be available for this long to do this. And we want to share all this news or we want to have a conversation or celebration about this and bring many people from the community up. How do we do this within a time frame, right? So yeah, so it was a, a great experience. I can't complain. Yeah, it was such a party and you did a really good job. And especially when they trust like a community member at the time to do this. They could have someone from Yuga to host it, right? Like they could have someone as a Yuga employee, community manager to host that. But they handed this to the community to show that they really care about the community. They really trust the community. I think that's very important too. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So another opportunity that was for you is like the BAYC council as well. So how did that happen? And what's the story of that? So for the council, I'm like, it... You know where they told me like, oh, you're available to have a call. I'm like, what? For what? I was like, oh, maybe they want to host something else. So I was completely like, I had no idea. And it was very like, we can't speak about this. I'm like, confidential. I'm like, okay. I was like, so it's a space. Like, I'm, I'm going to host them, right? Like, we're going to have a conversation. And then when they told me about the consoles, is that something that you'll be interested in? And I was like, what? And I was like, act normal. Like, just, I was like, yes, I would love to. And then I'm like, oh, so who's part of it? And at that point, they're like, oh, no, we can't tell you just yet because we're still like reaching out to a few people and doing this. I'm like, so how are you picking people? They're like, no, we can't tell you that either. I'm like, I was like, can you tell me anything? So it was really funny when only I believe like a day before or two days before the announcement came around is when I found out who was part of the console which was very interesting to me because I've asked before and they're like, no, we can't tell you. We can't tell you just yet. And I was like, okay, what if it's someone that like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe someone controversial because it's not someone that I don't like, like, I don't have to like you, but maybe someone that's too controversial that I feel like it it just would be like, I wouldn't want to work with them or have this sense of like responsibility. And then they're like, no, no, it's not going to happen. You'll be fine. (laughs) And then when they announced it, I was like, what a relief. And I thought it was really cool to put a concert together while being mindful of where we're located in the world. That's something that I noticed after meeting. And then some people are like, oh, I don't know who so-and-so is. And so is. And I'm like, I think that's a good thing. And I was like, I there are some people that like maybe have seen the space, but like I wasn't friends with them. And that's good because that means that they probably have a lot of other friends, a lot of other community members that I don't know. So if they pick everyone from the same group, like if they pick five people from here from Miami, I would be happy because they're all my friends. But I don't know the sentiment in London. I don't know the sentiment in Hawaii. I don't know the sentiment in Asia. So to me, that was very smart and strategic because what we're trying to do is really bring that, like, what is the community like or want or how can we better support that? And from culture to culture, it's going to be totally different. Like something that might be funny to me might be disrespectful to you. And how the heck are we going to know that if we at least don't have someone that it's, I guess, like in the know or part of that community themselves. So to me, like that was one of the main things that I'm like, this can be easy. Many people are like, oh, but what did it? And I was like, it was an honor to be selected because they could have picked so many people. If you tell me right now, hey, pick, I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, I would like panic because there is so much talent within the community, which is everything that we have been speaking about. I was like, I have mentors. I have people that I admire. I have people that I've been a mentor to that are so talented. So I think it was great that it wasn't a popularity contest. Like you didn't have to be this like big influencer in order to get the role. You didn't have to be X, Y, and C in order to get it. I'm sure things 
as we continue to build the console, like we'll learn like, hey, what works, what doesn't work. How do we choose more people? What if someone can't be in the console anymore? Or what if they want to get more people to be part of the console? Like whatever that looks like, that it could be a, an opportunity to learn, but that at least to get, get things kicked off. It was to me so smart to have people from different parts of the world. Like just with that, it's okay, we're doing something. We're on the right path. Yeah, I like it. I like it when they do trying to cover, making sure that they're respecting all cultures because cultures are very different, right? Eastern culture versus West culture is so different. And be able to have someone that with that culture background will be able to contribute quite a lot. And as BYC is a project that, that really grow because of the culture as well. Like the awareness that they have on the culture is very important. So how's your week as a BYC council? Is like, do you have to attend meetings? How do you have to do specific things? So as of right now, and I was like, I think we're in the structuring part of things. So many of the questions that people had right off the bat when we made this, like I told you, it was like, I didn't find out who was part of the council until a day before or two days before. So it was a lot of, so what's next? And what are we going to do? And like that, that hypey FOMO of <laughs> that we know in NFTs. And it was more like, wait, they're like, oh, can I send this proposal? And I'm like, nope, because there's not, if you send it to me, it's going to sit in my inbox and I might forget it. So it's right now, the goal is more to, hey, let's start working on structuring what the council is going to be helpful for, how people are going to start either sending ideas or submissions where they're actually seen by the council that we could actually review and that they don't get just lost in, in someone's DM. And then it's, wait, but I told Laura five weeks ago and she never got back to me. So I, I think right now it's a lot of like the structuring, seeing how we work together. Like I said, I was like, we're all from very different cultures. We are in different time zones. So learning how to work with people that are in different time zones and realizing that we all have our own thing, right? That we're not yoga employees, that we have our own sort of like responsibilities and path. So we are in constant communication. We're all working very hard to see like ways that we could be that voice for the community and start adding value and then determine what that value could look like and where that ends, right? There's going to be things that, um, that we're only going to learn as they come. I think once we open more of a form of, hey, this is going to be the best way to communicate with the council for your ideas, and for your things, then I think at that point, is when we're really going to have the opportunity to say, okay, perfect. Now with the amount of information that we're receiving or the feedback that we're getting, this is how we're going to start reviewing that. And I think to get started on a smaller sense could be about like the community aspect, right? Like how can we empower communities that perhaps couldn't come to AFES, right? But maybe they're a really strong community. Like what you did, I was like, you did this wonderful dinner parties and events when you went to different countries in Asia. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like, how could we have maybe like a say in that? Even if Laura is not going, maybe I, I would love to go. I was like, if you want to take me, I'm not removing myself from the conversation. But I think it's important to to say, hey, we we see you guys and we appreciate it. And if there's some way that we could be more supportive, that you feel that we could step up to the game and it's within our reach, then we could do that as a community member, right? Not as, oh, I won the beauty pageant and now I get to be on the console. And I think... To me, that was very important for people to understand that this is not almost like what ape is better than who to make it to the console. I was like, we're literally in the community. It's all we're doing is like, how can we make this better? And how can we work together? And perhaps even expand more to other areas that, that we might not have connected with those community members just yet and bring meaning to that membership as well. Yeah. And then as Yuga team is growing this big, they can't really cover every cultural because the message is massive and the information is massive, events is massive, or you don't know the language, you don't even know what they're doing. So I think having people within the community as an ear for God to listen, to look, to find and to collect, and maybe later on deliver it to the Yuga team. And th- I think that's a very great way. It's a bridge between the community And I think it could also be like empowering people to take initiative. Many times, like, why was Border Yacht Club, like I said in the beginning, why were the price, the floor price rising? Why were people using their IPs? Like the community chose that. Like no one forced anyone to say, oh, why don't you develop your your IP? Why don't you put your ape in this? Why don't you start printing, I don't know, shirts? Why don't you start building a restaurant around your ape? No one force anyone to do this so it's more okay what are some community initiatives or meetups or whatnot that we get to like support even though yuga cannot be like an active part of it 
every single time because there's only so much they could do, right? Yeah, 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 totally. So the last question I like to ask you is, how do you want to be remembered? That's such a beautiful question, and I think by it's a tough one. I was like, it's a beautiful question, and it's a tough one. I think that by being someone authentic, someone honest, someone that genuinely cared about others, not just about her own self or gain, and that I I don't know that I enjoy life. I think that to me it's really important not only what you're building and planning for the future. But also that I enjoy my day to day. I was like, I take like pride and joy into what we're having this conversation that I'm present and that I'm loving the life that I'm living, regardless of the struggles that you could be ha- having as a human being, because we all have them. So yes, I would like to be remembered that way. I make an impact, like a social impact, anywhere I can, even if that means it's something huge, and I hope it's something huge. But even that, if I'm making like a small step forward into making an impact that I never get discouraged. Hey, you know what? Even when Laura was, it didn't seem like much, she still went for it. And maybe she affected one person's life that day and it still was worthwhile to her. She wasn't just waiting for this big, I don't know, boom (laughs) impact in order to make it happen. So that was a really long answer, but hopefully that answered the question. (laughs) I love the answer. And I think it was the greater the person that like turned out to be and then the person like, trying to be more humble as well. I really like it when you say you're willing to help and very humble attitude saying I'm not that big yet. But <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that, that's what's really amazing about you, like being humble and, and meanwhile, keep building and slowly accumulating. I think that's very important too. And I really like the answer. I'm looking forward for that day. You become super busy <laughs> and then come back to the podcast as well. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. I was like, and I believe it and I see it. And I think that, you know, we're working very hard to achieve all these wonderful things and that if right now with how far we have gotten we get to impact others life it's almost like my fuel to say I'm bettering myself in the process because like you said I was like this is a job and it's hard and it's a lot but it's also a growing experience so I I feel like I'm generally pushing myself to be like the best version of myself so in that aspect it's like the selfish part of it or like when I host spaces and then I'm like or I host people then I'm like oh I'm learning so much I was like I just got so much knowledge for free this is great (laughs) I was like teach me more and then we have the other side right where we are the educators and we are the connectors and the ones that truly believe believe that this technology is going to have long lasting impact and that we might almost like spark that into someone that is going to be the next creator of something so innovative and so freaking cool and we're going to get to say I remember when I told them what I don't know what web3 was right yes yes the friendship lasts forever not because of business it's because you know each other when you're nobody or someone was nobody and then you're still really willing to help. Yeah, I really appreciate your time and really thank you for coming to this podcast. And in this podcast, we get to know Laura, we get to know that Miami Ape and how it started and the go. And we get to know a little bit about what she's building and then trying to bring that more and more like Latino community into the space and a woman in the space. We see the opportunities that she created for other people, but also the opportunity came to her as well. So thank you. Really thank you for sharing this amazing stories and hope to have you in the future as well. And let's cheers for the future. It's the board at Yacht Club. Get with the shits and get washed. I'm a board ass ape.